This morning as we continue on our Knowing God series, I'd like to share with us Knowing God Through Prayer. Knowing God Through Prayer. Now what is prayer? Here's something I picked up on the internet. Can we all read this? No flair, no technicalities, no special formulas, just talking. Our religious background has inundated us with what? Pre-designed, pre-ordained, memorized prayers. Yes? So if, if this is what your need is, oh, we have a specific prayer for that. If you're going out of town, we have a specific prayer for that. If we're Before meals, after meals, we have specific prayers for that. So we have been confined in the rote, in a set of do's and don'ts as far as prayer is concerned. But what is this slide telling us? Prayer is you, you and I, doing what? Simply talking to God. No flair, no technicalities, no special formulas. Just talking. However, if you just keep on talking and talking and talking, many times you won't be able to hear God talking back to you. Why? Because you're busy talking. So I would submit to you that we refine this a little bit. Prayer is... You simply talking to God and you simply listening to what God is telling you to do. In other words, there is an exchange. It's not just me talking to God. It's me talking to God and Him talking back to me. So it's me talking to Him and me listening to what He has to say back to me. The Web Bible defines prayer this way. Very technical. Prayer is a conversation with God. The intercourse of the soul with God. Not in contemplation or meditation, but in direct address to Him. Prayer may be oral, mental, occasional, constant, ejacul ejaculatory, or formal. It is beseeching the Lord, Exodus 32.11. Pouring out the soul before the Lord, 1 Samuel 1.15. Praying and crying to heaven, 2 Chronicles 32.20. Seeking unto God and making supplication, Job 8.5. Drawing near to God, Psalm 73.28. Bowing the knees, Ephesians 3.14. Prayer presupposes a belief in the personality of God his ability and willingness to communicate with us, his personal control of all things and all his creatures and all their actions. In other words, prayer is a conversation. I speak to God and he speaks to me. Now, I would prefer this illustration. Who's holding the small gentleman on his lap? God, the bigger entity. And he's telling what? It's been a hard day. Have you found yourself doing just that? Just blurting out, oh God, this is tough. Isn't that prayer? You might be driving. You might be working at your office desk. 
you might be having a meal with your family and something comes up and you just talk to God and see how he will respond to you because it's a conversation it's yes one way to heaven is Jesus but conversation with God is two ways you talk to God and he talks back to you knowing God through prayer if we talk to God in prayer my question is how does God talk back to us any ideas huh well God speaks to us through the Bible his love letter to all of us God also can speak to us through what other people you, those of you who are involved, engaged in the discipleship group, what happens? God speaks to you. How? Brother, I've observed when you treat your wife, when your wife speaks to you, your face becomes contorted. What's going on? Why are they telling me this? so that I can be more Christ-like. So while it hurts, I accept it. Because if, I, if my motive is to be more and more like Christ, I should appreciate the people who are pointing out my blind spots. God also communicates, first, He communicates through His Word. He communicates through other people. And He also can communicate to us through circumstances. Yes? We do some things that are not really very godly. And then what does God do? He allows us to go through the consequences of our choices. You've heard it said, you are free to make your choices. You are free to choose, but you are not free to escape the consequences of your choice. And God might be allowing something in your life to redirect you, to grow your faith, to build you up. That's why God has put us in community. This morning, we'll go to God. Know God through prayer. Let's pray before we proceed. God Almighty, we thank you for this time. Thank you, Lord God, that you have commanded us to pray. And this morning, Lord God, will you speak in and through me that we should know you and connect with you and converse with you all the more through prayer. Be with us, God, this morning. Be glorified, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Jeremiah, many of us know the book of Jeremiah. We have some favorite passages from the book of Jeremiah. But if you have your Bibles with me, you can open it to Gen Jeremiah chapter 33. And... For those of you who don't have your Bible, or perhaps you've memorized your Bible, we also have them in the overhead. Jeremiah 33. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the second time, while he was still confined in the court of the guard. What do you notice? Who spoke to whom? Huh? The Lord spoke to? Jeremiah, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time. So there's communication going on. Now, 
God told the prophet Jeremiah that they would be run over, taken over the, by the Babylonians. Right? Now, Jeremiah, being faithful to God, he told the people about this. And the king did not like it. So what did the king do? The king put Jeremiah under arrest. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still what? Confined in the court of the guard. Many times, we want to deliver God's message. Right? And then what happens? They shoot the messenger. Yes? Jeremiah was no different. He just wanted to obey God. And he told the people, he told the king what God told him and what is the result. He gets arrested. But did he stop there? Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. So God introduces himself to Jeremiah and describes himself and who he is. Who is he? The Lord who made the, the earth. The Lord who formed it to establish it. What is his name? The Lord. And what did the Lord? The one who created heaven. The one who established it. What did he say? Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. Isn't prayer wonderful? Isn't prayer ordained by God? He said, call to me, and what? I will answer. If you call, in Manila, if you call your maid, and they don't answer, how do you feel? God said, call to me, and what? I will answer. Call to me and I will answer. And look at the beauty of God's command. Call to me and I will answer. And then what? I will what? I will tell you great and mighty things. What kind of things? Things you do not know. Now how many of you know everything? I want to meet you. How many of you know everything there is to know about the Bible and all the mysteries and the hidden secrets of the Bible? I want to know you. I want to meet you. Because you must be God. No one knows everything except God. And He tells us, He commands us as He commands Jeremiah, call to me and what? I will answer. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Call to me and I will answer and I will tell you what? Great and mighty things of which you do not know. I know of somebody from CCF Manila. You know, his Isaac is Saturday and Sunday. What happens on Saturdays and Sundays? Horse racing. You know, the, for those who do not uh, understand the Filipino version, Dividendazo. 
is you the booklet for where the horse races are and the, I don't know what they call it here. You have the track record of the horse, who was the jockey, how many wins, etc., etc. He would sleep with that under his pillow. He wants to know the great and mighty things. Which horse is going to win so that he can bet? God has changed him and he's now the building superintendent of C5. But that's how he was. God says, call to me and I will answer and I will tell you these great and mighty things which you do not know. That's the beauty of prayer. That's the beauty of knowing God by conversing with him. He has promised to answer and he will tell you things of which you do not know. Now, when Abraham was called, Abraham was called out from his land to a place. He said, God said, Abraham, go. Take all that you have, your family and everything that you have. Go to this place, which I will show you. Did Abraham know where he was going? No. Abraham, come. I'm going to bless you. You're going to be a father. And you will be a father of a great nation. And all nations will be blessed through you. And through your seed, all the world will be blessed. When? Did Abraham know? God gave the promise to Abraham at age 75. Did Abraham know when? No. But he, did he obey? He was in constant communication with God. Three times God reminded him, I am going to make you a great nation. I am going to make you. Count the sand on the seashore if you can count them. So shall your offspring be. Count the stars if you can indeed count them. So shall your offspring be. When, Lord? I don't know. But did that stop Abraham from talking to God? No. Oh, God, maybe what you mean, Eleazar, maybe he's going to be my heir because I have no, no other family. My wife is old. My wife is barren. Her womb is shut. Maybe it's Eleazar. Oh, no, no, no. It's going to be from your own loins. And Abraham wasn't perfect. Hagar, uh, his wife, Sarah, comes to him and says, Oh, you know, because I'm old, maybe what God wanted to do was to have you have relations with our maid so that you can have offspring. Oh, good idea. Let's go. <laughs> I tell you, Abraham wasn't perfect, but he was willing to obey because he spoke with God and God spoke to him. Prayer is conversation. Now, where did this obedience of, of Abraham come from? He was willing to obey because his faith was strengthened and tested. You see, even if Abraham did not know where to go, when he would have a child, through whom he would have a child, and how God was going to fulfill his promises, that was not Abraham's concern. His focus, who was on the top of the triangle, the big name, his focus was on God. That's why when we say that when Abraham's faith was tested, we have to realize that faith is, as Hebrews defines it, 
Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. If you see it, that's no longer by faith. Why? You see it. Not by sight, but by faith. Is God changing your husband, for example? You see your husband? Mm. Why? We can't see it. But how do you know how God is moving behind the scenes, so to speak? So I submit to you that faith, that prayer is the antidote to uncertainty. When you doubt, when you feel lost, pray. Because God's promise, and it is also a command, call to me and I will answer you. What else? And I will tell you great and mighty things, things that you do not know. I praise God that Abraham was humble enough. God? What's going to happen? God, is it through Ishmael? God, is it through Eleazar? It takes humility to ask, yes? But many times, what are we? We're proud. Why? Why, why will I ask? I know this. I know. Or sometimes, you just go ahead of God. Don't ask God. Don't consult God. Okay, God, I believe this is what I'm supposed to do. I'll go ahead. You just bless it. Has that happened to you? Bahala ka na, God. Very strong, my brother George. Very strong. Yes. Right? Prayer is an antidote for uncertainty. Let me give you something that happened to me in Manila. My boss, super religious. He comes from the Opus Dei. Now, those of you who know this, he was the former president of Manila Electric Company. When, long story short, he's now my boss. During that time, there were a lot of power outages. So he calls me. In song, you're born again, right? Yes, sir. Why don't you pray over the power plants? <laughs> so that they will stop breaking down. This is true. I praise God. He gave me wit and wisdom. Because now, how are you going to answer, right? If I give him a spiritual answer, it might become a spiritual debate and I don't want to go there. God gave me wisdom. I said, Mr. Camacho, the problem of the power plant is mechanical, not spiritual. Ah, yes? <laughs> Praise God. What did he do? He just laughed. Ho, 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 ho. His big laugh. Imagine asking me, you know, oh, you pray. So that the power plant will be fixed. The, power plant, the problem is not spiritual, it's mechanical. Buy more oil or something. I'm saying this prayer is an antidote of uncertainty. Why? Let me, let me read to you a text. My wife and I were having a meal. And I got this text. Pastor, need your advice and prayer. Work-related. We have this huge test machine, like a power amplifier. The previous operator is gone, and, I'm, and I have to resolve the issue. It's holding the production line. It's been days. I'm trying, but still failing. They only have me, and I'm stuck. 
Now, because of the economy, they've been laying off people, many people. And because this person is a pioneer in this company, he's basically the only one left to run the production line. Now, he has been giving, he has been given the responsibility of overseeing things that he's not trained for, okay? So that's the background. So we got this text. So my wife and I immediately prayed. And we prayed, Lord, we don't know these things, but you know these things, okay? And unbeknownst to me, God answered the prayer. Can you turn off the light, George? He took a video, and I asked for it. Okay? Now, it's just a lot of noise, but pay attention to the video. You're not convinced. What happened? It worked. It's a machine that shakes the equipment, your product, to see if it will stand the vibrations of what is required. Now, he doesn't know anything about this because that's not his area. And by his text, he's been trying to make it work for days. And he did not do anything. He just turned the machine on again. And did you, did, you, did you see him all of a sudden move the video? Because out of the blue, it worked. Now, if you're this person, will you still God? Will you still doubt God? Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great things. Things that you did not know. I submit to you, this person will never doubt prayer again. So much so that the other day I got the same, another text from the same person. Pastor, I'm setting up the sound system. We're at a wake. Can you send me some verses in case they will ask me to share? He's prepared because he has tasted the answer to his prayer. You saw his hand, he just turned it on again. At the first, loop open. When loop is open, the system will not cycle, the machine will not run. He just turned it on again, which he's been doing over and over again. The only difference I submit to you is he asked the Lord. And the Lord answered him. If I tell you his name and I tell you his company, I will have to shoot you. 
Because this is a military-based installation. And security clearance is very high. Jeremiah just delivered the word of the Lord. And what happened? He got jailed for it. But even in the midst of his being arrested, God spoke to him and said, Call upon me and I will answer you. And I will tell you of great and mighty things, things that you do not know. Many times we do not understand the ways of God. We think God operates in a certain way and we struggle because God's way is what? Higher than our ways. God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We, many of us love Jer Jeremiah 29, right? Many of you I know that is maybe your favorite verse. You can recite it by heart. Yes? For I know the plans I have for you declared. We love that verse. But do you know the background? Why that verse is there? In Jeremiah 29, thus says the Lord of hosts. Again, God communicating. The God of Israel to all the exiles whom I have sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. So why are they in Babylon? It's God's ordained plan. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens. Eat their produce. Take wives. Become the fathers of sons and daughters. Take wives of your sons and give your daughters to husbands. That they may bear sons and daughters and multiply there and do not decrease. God! Why will we do that? Why will we pray for the success of Babylon? They have taken us captive. That's unfair. Huh? Yes? Isn't that many times how we debate with God? God, this is so unfair. I've been doing my part. My spouse doesn't do his or her part. This is unfair. Right? If you're an Israelite, you've just been overrun by the Babylonians. You're going to be held captive. Why in the world? Right? Why will I enjoy? Why will I live as God would have me live? Why? Seek the welfare of the city why I have sent you into exile. And pray to the Lord on its behalf. What? You want me to pray for my enemies? Labo mo talaga. I like to pray for my wife. I like to pray for my kids. I like to pray for my church. I like to pray for my pastor, for my enemies. God, it's taking it a stretch. Pray for its welfare. For in its welfare, what? What? So if you pray for the blessing on the Babylonians, what is God going to do? And in the process of God blessing the Babylonians, who's going to benefit? You understand? For thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Do not let your prophets who are in your midst and your diviners deceive you, and do not listen to the dreams which they dream, for they prophesy falsely to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. So there are rumor mongers. There are false prophets. Right? What did God say? Don't listen to them. Even in the time of Moses, right? They grumbled, they complained. And they riled up the rabble. 
God said, don't listen to them. I have not sent them. I have a plan. For thus says the Lord, when 70 years have been completed for Babylon, I will visit you and I will fulfill my good word to you to bring you back to this place. God told them to increase and multiply even if they were under the Babylonians. Why? God was going to redeem the remnant and bring the remnant back to Israel to reestablish Israel. And then it comes to verse 11. For I, who's that? Who's the I? God, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you what? A hope and a, a future and a hope. God is at work. God is in control. Know God. Talk to Him. Converse with Him. Listen to Him. And then what? Then you will call upon me and pray to me. And what? I will listen. You, seek, you will seek me and find me when you search for me with what? With all your heart. In grade school, we have a report card. Neatness. Penmanship, attentiveness. When you're not paying attention to the teacher, you have a low-grade attentiveness. I'm very low-grade. <laughs> Maybe I am the original ADHD. I cannot sit still. Call upon me, and I will listen to you. Seek me and you will find me when you search for me with all your heart. Be still and know that I am God. For me to be still, I have to come to God in prayer. Why? I don't know many things. I don't pretend to know many things. But in prayer, the promise of God, call to me and I will answer. I will tell you great and mighty things, things you do not know. So it takes humility and selflessness to cry out, God, what am I going to do in this situation? What is your will in this situation? What do you want me to do? You see, prayer brings peace. If you are restless, pray. Because prayer brings peace. Look at what Philippians 4 says. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentle spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let, let your request be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer, does prayer bring peace? I memorized this passage as I was about to be wheeled in to the operating room in 1998. I shared this with many of you. They said I might have cancer on my left kidney. 
So they had to operate. It's uncertain. Pastor Danny was in the other wing of the same hospital, his back being operated on for transverse myelitis. And the doctors told him, if you survive the operation, you'll be paralyzed. But I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you hope and the future. The peace that surpasses all understanding. Not only does prayer bring peace, prayer also brings provision. God, through Jesus Christ, commanded us in the Lord's Prayer. Pray then in this way. Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our what? Our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Does God command you and I to pray for our provision? Yes. Give us this day our what? Our daily bread. But what do we do? Monthly. Yearly. God, you know, if you want, I'll never bother you again. Just let me win the lotto. It's about 144 million. <laughs> no, I don't have to go back to you and, you know, God, I need toast bread today. I have peanut butter, but no toast bread. If I win the lotto, everything's done. Please? Okay, just six numbers. I know you can. You see, when I read this, I see that God is asking me to depend on Him daily. Give us this day our daily bread. And if you have food on the table, praise God. Do you know that God promised that none of His children will be caught begging for bread in the streets? God, we only have fish tonight. God, when will we eat our steak? When will we go back to Odaisan, Korea, eat all you can barbecue? I know you guys, okay? There, you see there? I know, I know what's going on. If I have bread and water, I will be content with that. Who was the prophet that God used the ravens to feed? Who? You see, if God is able to feed the prophet Elijah through ravens, through crows, will God not provide for your need? Prayer brings peace. Prayer also brings provision. And prayer also brings protection. Look at what Ephesians chapter 6 says. Therefore, take up the full armor of God so that you will be able to resist, the e the e resist in the evil day. And having done everything to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, <laughs> having put on the breastplate of righteousness, having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, in addition to all, take up the shield of faith with which you will be able to extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take up the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. With, it, with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all the saints. And pray on my behalf that the utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. When you came to faith in Christ, 
You became a child of God. Your eternal destiny is secure. You're going to heaven because of what Jesus Christ has done. But when you came to faith in Christ, when you were born again, you also enlisted in God's army. And believe it or not, there is spiritual battles going on. The forces of evil versus the forces of good within you. And God tells us through the Apostle Paul, put on the full armor of God. We don't have time to dissect what all of this means. But when Paul gave them the full armor of God, and I would submit to you, the glue that sticks all of this together is prayer. When you go, before you go into battle, you pray. Put all of these things and the glue that holds it together is prayer. Paul even asks us to pray for him. Well, he asked the people in their time to pray for him. He said, and pray on my behalf that the utterance may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known the boldness of the mystery of the gospel. Prayer is conversation with God. All you need to do is talk to God. His promise is that He will answer and He will reveal to you great and mighty things, things that you do not know. When you pray, God replies. When God replies, what do you do? Therein comes the testing of your faith. Do you believe that this is what God wants you to do? If the answer is yes, then what should you do? Nike, just do it. Right? Because I have a big God. And even if my faith is small, and even my obedience is small at this time, because I have a big God and I believe by faith and I will obey by faith, faith and obedience will grow and grow and grow. Why? Because I have a big God. Some of us struggle to pray to God because God is Father. And those of us who've not had a good experience with our Father have a difficult time talking to God. Yes? And there was, there's a story of this minister who was trying to teach children how to pray. So he told the kids, kids, prayer is just like this. You pick up the phone and you speak to the person on the other end of the line. And what do you hear on the other end of the line? I hear a voice talking back to me. He said, do you see the person talking back to you? The little boy said, no. That's prayer. The little boy said, Pastor, if that's prayer, then what's God's telephone number? What's God's telephone number? So here, are some telephone numbers you can get through to God. Emergency Bible phone numbers. When in sorrow, call John 14. 
When men fail you, call Psalm 27. If you want to be fruitful, call John 15. When you have sinned, call Psalm 51. When you worry, call Matthew 6, 19 to 34. When you are in danger, call Psalm 91. When God seems far away, call Psalm 13. For faith needs, call Hebrews 11. When you are lonely or fearful, call Psalm 23. When you grow bitter, critical of others, call 1 Corinthians 13. For Paul's secret to happiness, call Colossians 3, 12 to 17. For understanding Christianity, call 2 Corinthians 5, 15 to 19. When you feel down and out, call Romans 8, 31. When you want peace and rest, call Matthew 11, 25 to 30. When the world seems bigger than God, call Psalm 90. When you want Christian assurance, call Romans 8, 1 to 30. When you leave home or travel, call Psalm 121. When your prayers grow narrow or selfish, call Psalm 67. For a great invention, opportunity, call Isaiah 55. When you want courage for a task, call Joshua 1. For how to get along with your fellow men, call Romans 12. When you think of investments and returns, call Mark 10. If you are depressed, call Psalm 27. If your pocketbook is empty, call Psalm 37. If you're losing confidence in people, call 1 Corinthians 13. If you seem unkind, call John 15. If you're discouraged about work, call Psalm 126. If you find the world growing small and yourself great, call Psalm 19. For dealing with children with fear, call Psalm 34 verse 7. For security, call Psalm 121 verse 3. For assurance, call Mark 835. For reassurance, Call Psalm 145. You're taking pictures. You're not going to keep up. But there is one most important prayer that you and I should have ever dialed. If you want salvation, dial. John 3, 16, 17. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. This is God's communication of love to each and every one of us. To all of his creation. Jesus Christ died for all of our sins so that we don't have to go to hell but we can spend eternity with God in heaven. You see, when Jesus Christ came, he said, God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world but rather that the world might be saved through him. The judgment on our sins fell on Jesus. Why? Because God loves us. And even if we don't talk to Him, He has already spoken to us. I love you enough to send my one and only Son to die in your place. We read in Hebrews that Abraham received Isaac back as a type. When the Bible says as a, as a type, 
it means that that is just a model. The real sacrifice was Jesus Christ. It is no coincidence that Jesus Christ was crucified in the exact same geographical area where Abraham offered Isaac. The only difference between the offering of Isaac and the offering of Jesus is that Jesus was sacrificed. Isaac was spared. Jesus was not. If you're still not convinced that God loves you, I can't do anything to convince you. Have you dialed that number? Have you really come to faith in Christ? Leaving everything and everyone behind and just focusing your eyes on Jesus. Jesus Christ, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through you. If you have not yet done so, will you speak to God in your own words? No mechanics, no technicalities. Just talk to God. He has already initiated the communication to you. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only begotten Son that whomsoever, doesn't matter who you are, what you've done, whomsoever believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. Have you dialed that number ever? Maybe you've lost that number. Well, here it is again. I want to give you an opportunity right now between you and God. Just tell Him in your own words. God, I've sinned against you. I'm far from you. But I thank you that Jesus Christ died for payment of my sin. And I invite him into my life. As my Savior and Lord. There's no magic in the prayer. But prayer is a step of faith. Putting faith in Christ because of what Christ has done. Even that faith to believe is not yours. It's a gift of God. Everything is about God. So speak to Him. If you've never come to faith in Christ, do so now. If you're struggling, tell God. And when God wants, wants you to do something or speaks to you, just do it. So that your faith will be strengthened in your obedience because you have a big God. 